and uh, be just fine. Amen? Yes, thank, thank you, Vince, and thank you, worship team. Did you guys thank them this morning? Yes. It is good to worship together, and all God's people said. Amen, amen. For those who might not know, Pastor Stu and others from our church are actually up in Tahoe uh, at our spiritual retreat. So be praying for them for a safe return today and that uh, God is doing a, you know, amazing things up there and I can't wait to hear um, all about it. But we get to continue on this journey uh, through the book of James, the practical practices of what I would call supernatural living. Uh, practical practices that we engage with every day that James just lays out for us, uh, practices in which we can see supernatural life flowing uh, from each and every one of us. And this morning, we get to continue as we talk about practical practices of walking in godly wisdom and peace, and how wisdom and peace really go hand in hand. They are literally a match made in heaven, the two of them. And James, we're going to just jump right into James chapter 3, and he asks a question that, like this morning, he wasn't looking to hear an answer. He was wanting to see the answers. But it says here, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And I want that last line to be at the forefront of all of our minds this morning, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Humility that knows that God's ways are better than our ways. Humility that knows that God's wisdom is greater than our wisdom. Amen? A humility that says that 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 is 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 not arrogant to believe that we have it figured out. That we're going to do it our way. Humility that goes beyond just the knowing of God's word, but to the application of God's word in our lives, humbly submitting ourselves to His wisdom. Um, I have not always been the, uh, 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 the, 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 the individual of wisdom that you see before you now. <laughs> there have been seasons and times throughout my life where wisdom uh, uh, would uh, it'd be, it'd be this elusive thing that I couldn't obtain. Um, specifically speaking, the time that magical time in every young person's life when they get that, that driver's license. <laughs> now, for some people, that is just a, another touch of freedom. They get to not be chaperoned by their parents. They get to go to A and B by themselves and just enjoy the ride. For others, it was to see how fast we could get from A to B <laughs> and whether or not we can invite people along the way to do it with us. Uh, AKA the word for that is street racing. And, uh, and that was an issue that I had uh, from the time I was 16 till I got married. It's funny what marriage does and changes in your world. Um, but there was that time where, and here's the thing, I had all the knowledge 
as to why I shouldn't have been doing the things I was doing. I mean, to get your license, at least back then, you had to, you know, you had to read the manual. You had to take driver's ed in high school. I'm not sure if that's a thing anymore. You had to watch videos in there of some horrific accidents and things like that. Um, you knew the rules of the road, and you knew what the consequences were going to be if you did not abide by the rules of the road. Um, but nonetheless, even with that knowledge that I had, I did not apply it to my life. Therefore, wisdom was out the window. So I thought maybe, you know, as I'm doing my stuff, maybe God thought it'd be time for me to have some experiential, experiential knowledge. So as I am doing my things and knowing better than the system itself, I thought I would get a couple tickets. One ticket, two tickets, three tickets, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not really sure. We don't need to get into details of how many. For uh, various reasons. And, and at that particular point, uh, I realized that the consequences I had been told all of that time was, were actually real. And I would have to go to places like courthouses and talk with judges, and they would then tell me how stupid I am, and then they would open up a tab for me. And, uh, you know, just in case I wanted to come back, which I did a few different times, and was racking up a bill that was literally making it hard for me to live every month and do the things I wanted to do as a young teenager with very limited funds already, um, I had a monthly tab to pay off at the Carol Miller Justice Center in Sacramento. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure they were loving it. Uh, me, not so much. Um, it got to the point where finally wisdom was starting to catch up with me. Remember, I told you I got married. So Ashley and I, after we got married, um, decided it was time to start putting our things together, you know, insurances and whatnot. <laughs> And um, so as we are at, we had to go in to, to talk to this individual at, our, at this insurance office to do all of our paperwork and application and get everything going. And <clears throat> it started to dawn on me that other people were not sharing the same enthusiasm of my past driving history as maybe I was at that particular point. Uh, the way he came back to the table, I'll never forget, I'm sure Ash can remember. Um, first off, he, I don't know if it was shock or disgust. <laughs> as he was looking at me. Now, when he would look at Ash, it was almost as though there was a part of me that thought he wanted to pull her aside for a moment and to see if she was there under duress. <laughs> and that maybe I was forcing her to, to get insurance with me or something <laughs> like that. Um, but uh, yeah, he decided to then look at her and tell her all the ways in which my record looked horrible and that insurance companies didn't want to touch me with a 10-foot pole. Um, however, it was at that particular moment, soon thereafter, as I mentioned, that wisdom started, the light went off. And I was realizing how this was affecting my life and the lives around me. And uh, there had to have been better ways to do the things I was doing that, uh, that were more on point with living a life of wisdom. Um, and that literally is wisdom. It's the taking the knowledge that you have, the experiences that you have, and then applying that to your life. And that's where wisdom is born. Going, on, going beyond just the knowing of God's word to the application of God's word in our lives, submitting ourselves and what we want to the things that God is doing and what he wants. Amen? I've got some other slides I would like to show you this morning of other people who didn't make that transition quite yet <laughs> to, from knowledge 
to applying it and, and living a life of, with wisdom. Um, here's another one. Well, you can, go, you can go to the next one. This is a great one. I mean, this is, they're going to have knowledge here soon. They're going to have some really experiential knowledge that will hopefully give them some wisdom. This is always great. You know, this, is, looks, this looks really wise. There is a sign. So books, I told you, there's lots of knowledge out there in the world. This one's even got a sign, danger, uh, high voltage. And there's some, you know, extension cords and whatnot and water right all next to it. So I'm sure that's wise. Flammable. Flammable. And, uh, yep. Remember that one time you forgot to think. So that, yeah, that looks, that looks very wise. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Sometimes you're given all the tools that you could possibly need and still not apply it to your life and, and therefore uh, is useless. So I think that was about it. So hopefully in a very fun way uh, and through personal story of humiliation, uh, I want to get to the point that the world is full of knowledge. It's the application of that knowledge that changes your life. I mean, we have literally all the knowledge we could ever want at our fingertips. If you want a recipe on how to cook something, it's, hey, Siri, hey, Alexa, it's open up your phone, type in Google every direction, every video, every how-to. The knowledge is abundant. Anything we could ever want to know about or how to do we have. Spiritually speaking, we also have all of that knowledge in here. All throughout these pages is knowledge on how to be a good husband or wife, how to raise kids, how to build your faith, how to love your neighbor, how to walk in God's love, how to see the kingdom truths made real in your life every day. And the how-to, the knowledge is all right here. It's the application of that knowledge that changes your life, and that is wisdom. So let's dig in here. I want to read James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, and then I want to break it up a few different verses at a time, and just really lean into this idea of that humility of knowing who God is, and that realization that wisdom is from applying and being a doer of his word and not just a hearer of his word. Verse 13, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap 
a harvest of righteousness. I want to break up the first part, and I kind of titled this one, Show and Tell and True Humility. Who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Charles Spurgeon once said, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know it is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. Psalms 111 verse 10 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commands will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. And God, everyone, yeah, there you go, amen. True wisdom is humbly submitting to God's ways at which our lives are changed and formed by his word, his presence, and his ways. If we are reading this and our lives are not being transformed by it, it is just knowledge, it is not obtaining the wisdom of God. Wisdom is the application of kingdom knowledge. God's ways lived out through us by deeds born out of humility where we see less of us and more of him, wisdom is found in that transition. The transition between us, between less of us and more of him is the living out of that wisdom that we obtain by applying this knowledge in our lives. The second chunk of scripture here, verses 14 through 16, I've kind of look at this as the definition of earthly wisdom, which is the absence of the fear of God, being wise in our own eyes. I can break these laws. I can speed today. I won't get caught. The judge won't give me another fine. <laughs> I, can, I can do this. I can make this happen. I can justify this. I can defend that. The absence of the fear of God, being wise in our own eyes. Verse 14, it says, but just as a reminder, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Let's look first at false wisdom, which is what it's describing. False wisdom is founded on truths formed by the three things I mentioned earlier, by the world, our flesh, and the devil himself. False wisdom is from this world, what this world deems to be right, to be just, to be good. Our flesh that convinces ourselves that we know better. And the enemy who just keeps feeding those lies. Ephesians 2, if you want to see where that comes from, Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which, you used to, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. 
we see the way in which the seed of false wisdom is planted in our lives. It comes from the desires of this world, our flesh, what we want, and then is watered by the enemy himself to keep us from the wisdom that is actually from above. Remember verse 16, for where envy and selfish seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, in the NLT at the very beginning, it says it's not from above. Not from above basically indicates that it is not from God. It's not spiritual, it's not biblical, it's not divine wisdom, it is human wisdom. It's literally the opposite of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, where it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This wisdom that's not from above does not produce true peace. It can't. To be wise only in your eyes, to live only with the knowledge of God, but not allowing kingdom truth to change the way you live will lead to a life of unrest. Wisdom from above is the definition of godly peace. I mean, you can't harbor bitterness and no peace. You can't be envious and no peace. You can't be led by selfish ambition and no peace. Those things, Scripture says, you will know, you will know disorder and every evil practice. That doesn't sound like peace. Anybody else sound, does that sound like a good time? However, it's when we remember the fear of the Lord, which to me means remaining in awe of who and what he is. Reverence for the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was, who is, and is to come, the Almighty One, Revelations chapter 1, verse 8. It's in that acknowledgement, it's in that reality, it's as we daily remind ourselves of who and what God is in our lives daily, remembering that he is the designer of every breath you and I are taking this morning. It's in that fertile ground that godly wisdom is formed. And peace is known. Humility is grown in, the, in that ground. And it's here, church, that we make that transition from less of us to more of him. As we continue to till that soil of humility, as we continue to till that soil of acknowledging who God is and standing in awe of him and reverence of him, realizing that he and his ways are greater than our ways. His wisdom is greater than our ways. It's in that ground that we experience wisdom. Wisdom is evidence of God's ways working through us. Knowing true peace as we submit to his ways. I mean, as I read it, I can't help but to think of how simple that is in that just the reality of how peace and wisdom go hand in hand because peace, when you live out God's ways, when we say yes to his nudges, when we take the knowledge and begin to actually apply it to our lives, peace just 
grass grows. Because you know you're not living your own way. You know you're not being manipulated or moved by the ways of the enemy. We are walking toward God's ways. Wisdom is evidence of God's ways working through us. Knowing true peace as we submit to his ways. In verse 17 through 18 is where we pick up here in that evidence of God working through us. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and insincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This isn't mine. I read this as I was studying, but it says, wisdom is not measured by degrees, but by deeds. Kind of kind of quippy. It's not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures, but of applying God's ways and truth to life. We have been given great knowledge. The word of God. Wisdom is the right application of that knowledge in our lives in such a way that it produces the character of God in us as described in the scripture that I just read. So how does true wisdom from God, wisdom from above, look? Wisdom from, from above produces godly fruit. You and the world around you will see godly fruit in your life. Remember verse 13, let them show it by their good life. We should be so grateful that God wants us, desires for us to experience this life in true wisdom. His wisdom is at the helm of our life. He wants us to experience life in that way, with his wisdom at the helm of our life. And James gives us these characteristics of that godly fruit that was referenced in this scripture. This is the gift that James gives us in this scripture. And again, we don't have to wonder what godly wisdom looks like. He tells us. I mean, imagine saying, hey, Siri or Alexa, what's the secret sauce to godly wisdom? This is what would hopefully spit out on the other end. First, it would be pure. True wisdom is not tainted by evil. It's pure. We desire for the good things of God to be evident in our lives. We desire for our responses to be good to the people around us. We want our, 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 the words that we speak to, to, to one another to be real. To not be propped up. Real relationships. Second thing, peace loving. True wisdom does not look for trouble, but it looks for peace. That's wisdom where our own tendencies would be to fight or to argue or to do whatever, that we pause and we reflect the wisdom of God in our life and we lean into the knowledge that has been given to us, we apply it to our lives and we live and experience peace. Gentle. It looks to be helpful to others, not harmful. Full of mercy. True wisdom leads us to be people of mercy, quick to forgive, quick to overlook an offense. Godly wisdom, that fruit that we should see in our lives, should be unwavering. 
True wisdom sticks to the truth and the correct way without wavering, not justifying, not being defensive, but being able to stop and pause and look at our responses, look at our reactions, look at our words, look at our relationships, and say, God, where do I need to apply your wisdom in my life to see your ways evident in my world? Another fruit that we would see is being a people without pretense. True wisdom does not put on false fronts, but is genuine and real. Most of all, it's guided by peace. We are to be a people of peace that promote peace. Peace should guide us in the wisdom process. A person with true wisdom from above is a person who sows what? Peace. Said it like ten times, but you know, okay. he sows peace. Wisdom is not a checklist of courses completed. It's not just knowing. It's a changed life that exemplifies the goodness of God to those around us. Who is wise and understanding among you? Wait, don't answer. Show me, is what James said in verse 13. Nope, don't want to see your hands raised. Don't tell me all the ways in which you think you are wise in your own eyes. Show me the ways of God in your life, is what James said. I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up. And I just kind of want to circle back to the initial statement that wisdom is the application of kingdom knowledge. God's ways lived out through us by deeds driven by humility or born of humility. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Wisdom, peace, they truly do go hand in hand. If you want to experience peace in your life, you got to walk in the wisdom of God. And it's not as complicated as it might sound. It's not this ethereal thing that's way up in the by and by. It's living out those characteristics of God in our lives. It's the application of going beyond what we want and what we desire, what this world says is right, and saying, God, what do you say about it? And then walking that out. Would you guys stand with me this morning? I know that as I was studying this portion of scripture I had to pause and reflect on areas of my life 
even with all the wisdom I've obtained up to this point. The areas where I have still not applying kingdom truths to change my day-to-day ways. I know them to be true. as I started to reflect on that, then I had to go back to that reverence, that awe of who God is and remind myself, your ways are greater than my ways. Your wisdom is greater than my wisdom. And how arrogant it would be for me to not humble myself and submit to your ways since you are the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And in that moment of prayer and reflection, I began to remember the fear of the Lord. Not the scary fear of the Lord that we think of when we read that, but the awe of who God is. And as I began to reflect on that awe of who God is, began to cover me. Isn't it beautiful? And isn't it powerful? As we lean in to who God is and who he is transforming us to be as we apply his word to our lives, that supernatural shift in our lives where we become less and he becomes more, and we see him in our lives. So Father, this morning, let us reflect. Let us be in awe of who you are. Where are the areas of application that we need. And this is a process and a journey we are not going to magically become all wise in this hour. But as we continue to lean into, as we continue to pray for, as Scripture says, wisdom. And as God gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, wisdom will abound and peace will follow. Practical practices to a supernatural way of living. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for being a God who wants to open these doors to us. We want to thank you for being a God who, who wants to shine the light Display your wonders to the world. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. I want to show you, Father. Not tell you. I want to show you what you've done in me.
you and we thank you. And we commit this all to you. In your precious name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.